You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio. In 1825, Haiti paid France 21 billion. 1825, our people were still enslaved. 1804, our people were still enslaved here in America. The Lord God, redeem us. 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 Slavery, all these nations hating me. Slavery, all these nations hating me. For the coffee and they rice and they beans Sugar plantation and they cutting off my seams Wicked white man, French man chasing green Supply the whole earth and they stole it from my dreams Words can't explain all these atrocities But we fit the curse and do the rhyme to me The Bible talks about a hidden and lost sheep Scattered across the earth and scattered across the seas Put on slave ships and sold into enemies Look up a history book, it's talking about me we the chosen ones, the Bible is history This the mystery that's hidden in prophecy Right in the book they told us not to read Truth coming out, the truth will set you free Don't forget your roots, you are the chosen seed Prophets coming nigh, the prophets is about to teach Holy righteous kings and holy and righteous priests Angels in the sky, they coming with Christ the King The Lord God Haiti was the first free black country Redeem okay, us go ahead. Haiti paid France $21 billion to preserve its independence. So, Haiti freed themselves by way of insurrection, rebellion, as Esau calls it. I call it freedom fighter, right? And they charged them. They said, you freed yourself, but now you got to pay us. Slavery, all these nations hating me. Slavery, all these nations hating me. Just like Noah cry aloud, this right here is going down, but no water's coming down, flaming fire burning down. Hated of all nations, the saints patiently waiting. The synagogue of Satan was paying for all the slave ships. Better get up out my face quick, you racist bastards, amazing. Columbus discovered Nathan, places and plantations, castrated and degraded, forces to worship Satan. We ain't taking it no more, machetes up in the basement. Spirit of Dessaline, spirit of Dutty Bookman, spirit of Levi, revolution, yeah, we get him. 80s chronic status as the Western Hemisphere's poorest nation is due to a litany of afflictions that range from widespread illiteracy to endemic corruption to woefully inadequate infrastructure. All caused by the French. Okay, go ahead. But while these would be hard enough for any country to overcome for more than a century of its existence, Haiti carried an additional but little known millstone the effects of which are still being felt. In 1825, barely two decades after winning its independence against all odds, Haiti was forced to begin paying enormous reparations. That is madness. 
they was forced to pay reparations for their own freedom. That's crazy. Go ahead. To the French slaveholders it had overthrown. Mm -hmm. Those payments would have been a staggering burden for any fledgling nation. But Haiti wasn't just any fledgling nation. It was a republic formed and led by blacks who'd risen up against the institution of slavery. One. As such, Haiti's independence was viewed as a threat by all slave-owning countries. Yeah. Ten facts about slavery you didn't know existed. Fact number ten. Human handbags. Nat Turner, who launched a slave rebellion in Southampton County, Virginia, on August 21st, 1831, was skinned to supply such souvenirs as purses, his flesh made into grease, and his bones divided as trophies to be handed down as heirloom. It is rumored his skull was passed around local physicians and studied at medical schools to try to advocate theories of racial superiority. Fact number nine, anthills. Many slaves in the island of Hispaniola were buried alive with their heads above ground, which was kept wet with cane juice till the insects devoured their flesh. Fact number eight, holler if you hear me. Cutting off ears was a very common punishment amongst slave plantations in the Caribbean. But M. Junois, who lived at Grand Riviere, nailed his slaves to the wall by the ears, then released him by cutting them off with a razor. And Dost Entertainment compelling him to grill and eat them. There were overseers who never went out without a hammer and nails in their pockets, for nailing Negroes by the ear to a tree or post was humorous. Fact number seven, sugar free. Throwing Negroes into the furnaces with the waste of the sugarcane was common among sugarcane plantation owners. Fact number six, shoot and scorch. Target practice at Negroes' heads was very common, singeing them upon cassava plates. Grinding them slowly through the sugar mill, pitching them into the boiler was occasional pastime for the plantation owners. Fact number five, Derby Dose. On the island of Jamaica, plantation owner Thomas Thistlewood routinely punished his slaves with fierce floggings and other gruesome punishments. One of his preferred punishments for runaway slaves was the Derby Dose, where a slave would be beaten and then salt pickle, lime juice, and bird pepper would be rubbed onto their open wounds. Then another slave would be forced to defecate into the runaway's mouth, which would then be forced shut via various methods, gagging for hours. Fact number four, stuffed animals. In the French Caribbean plantations, a favorite pastime was to bury Negroes up to their necks and let the children defecate on their heads. Pitying comrades were found to stone the sufferer to death. A few instances were known of planters who rolled the bodies of slaves, raw and bloody from a whipping among the ant hills. If a cattle tender, farmer, let a mule or ox come to harm, the animal was killed and the man sewed up in the canvas. This was done a few times in cases where the mule died of sickness. Fact number three, the rascal laughs. 
The case is where French planters of Gonaive watched curiously the characteristics of their various expedients for torture are so common that they furnish us with a trait of French Creolism. A poor cook, for instance, was one day thrown into an oven with a crackling heap of bagasse because some article of food reached the table uncooked. As the lips curled and shriveled away from the teeth, his master, who was observing the effects of the heat, exclaimed, Les rucaneries, meaning in French, the rascal laughs. Fact number two, Miss Laura. Numerous cases of flaying women alive, inspired by jealousy, are upon record. If a woman was fortunate enough to lose her baby, she was often thrown into a cell till she chose to have another. Madame Bailey had a wooden child made, which she fastened around the necks of the Negro. If their children died, until they chose to replace them. These punishments were devised to check infanticide, which was the natural relief of the slave mother. Fact number one. Black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. Bloodletting, the most symbolical action expressive of the colony's evil diabolical practices was performed by a man named Corbier, who punished his slaves by bloodletting and gave a humorous refinement to the sugar which he manufactured by using this blood to assist in clarifying it. Ten facts about slavery that you didn't know existed. Welcome to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afia Levi. And in this episode, we're going to talk about part two of Christopher Columbus and the Israelite Holocaust. This is based on the book by John Henry Clark, Christopher Columbus and the African Holocaust, Slavery and the Rise of European Capitalism. All right, ladies and gents, we are going to start off by saying thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afia Levi. Um, we're going to s- jump into speaking about this book, uh, Christopher Columbus and the African Holocaust, really the Israelite Holocaust. You Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are the Israelites of the Bible. Uh, those of the diaspora, those of colonialism and slavery, we are the descendants of the slave trade, and we have failed to realize that our uh, history has been prophesied in the Bible. Um, so we're going to use some historical books as well as the Bible to uh, prove some of these points of who we are as a people and hopefully give some enlightenment on uh, the rise of capitalism, how slavery played a role in European capitalism, how America became great, uh, you know, and uh, all of these things. So we're going to start off on page 16 of the introduction. I'm going to read a few quotes from this, and then we're going to jump into the Bible and touch on a few things that are related to it based on the Bible. All right. The above quote are selected to illustrate the fact that Christopher Columbus discovered absolutely nothing. 
that he was an adventurer, an opportunist, and a willful murderer, and a liar, and that what he set in motion was the basis of Western capitalism and exploitation of both Africans and indigenous Americans who had committed no crimes against European people and did not know of European intention to conquer and enslave them. Both the Africans and the indigenous Americans befriended the Europeans at first, only to be rewarded by enslavement. So I want to touch on this point real quick and note that it says both so-called Africans and indigenous Americans, meaning the blacks, the Native Americans, the Hispanics, the people of northern Israel and southern Israel, okay? The further you study the Bible, you'll find that these people relate to the scriptures as the 12 tribes of Israel. There's northern kingdom, which consisted of Ephraim and uh, other tribes like Reuben, Gad, Simeon, and all of these. And then you have the southern kingdom, which represent Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. So now these tribes consist of a majority of who we call blacks uh, scattered in the diaspora, the children of Judah. Okay. So we're going to touch on this one point found in the scriptures in the book of Jeremiah that states how both the so-called Africans and indigenous, indigenous peoples were oppressed, meaning Judah and Israel. Let's get that quote real quick. The book of Jeremiah, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 50 and verse 33. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together and all that look and all that took them captives held them fast they refused to let them go their redeemer is strong the lord of hosts is his name he shall thoroughly plead their cause that he may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of babylon so on the art onset when you first read this you may think that this is talking about ancient babylon and the babylonian captivity but when you look deeper into prophecy it's basically stating that the blacks and the hispanics are being oppressed together when you look at america right now america represents babylon the great in the book of revelation and babylon the great oppresses two to three primary peoples, the blacks, so-called African-Americans, Haitians, Jamaicans, uh, 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 Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, the Israelites of the Bible. These different people are oppressed. The so-called Mexicans are oppressed. The so-called Africans are oppressed by Babylon in the Bible. Okay. And we're reading this and we're reading this historical book and it's showing us that the indigenous peoples of America are the ones that were rewarded with enslavement by the Europeans. Okay. So I'm going to continue uh, in this book. It says they did not protect themselves from the Europeans because they did not believe there was a need to. The literature exposing Christopher Columbus and the protracted crimes he set in motion is massive and still growing. 
Today, former Columbus cheerleaders have discarded the word discovery and are now using the word encounter. They, too, are aware of the fact that Christopher Columbus discovered absolutely nothing. He was a man of achievement, tragic and dubious though the achievement may be. A capsule summary of Mike Eli's article is as follows, quote, The U.S. imperialists love Columbus. They have named cities, counties, towns, rivers, colleges, parks, streets, and even their capital after him. And now they are organizing a global celebration. Yet, to the people, the facts are plain. Columbus was a thief, an invader, an organizer of rape of Indian women, a slave trader, a reactionary religious fanatic, and the personal director of a campaign for mass murder of defenseless peoples. Whoa, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This fact is so plain that it's written all over the scriptures, all over the Bible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this quote again, and I'm going to take excerpts out of the Bible to prove a couple of points. All right. The U.S. imperialists love Columbus. They have named cities, counties, towns, rivers, colleges, parks, streets, and even their capital after him. So now we're going to look for a text of scripture that matches exactly what's being stated here. It's found in the book of Psalms, I believe. So let me look for that real quick. It's in the book of Psalms, chapter 49 and verse... Let's see here. Chapter 49 and verse 11, I believe. And it reads this. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever. And their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands... After their own names. Now, isn't that interesting? The scripture actually verifies exactly what the U.S. imperialists who love Columbus do. They name cities after Columbus. They name counties after Christopher Columbus. They name towns, rivers, colleges, parks, streets, even the capital of the United States of America is called the dis, the what the district of Columbia the district of Columbus isn't that interesting but the fact remains that Columbus was a thief an invader an or <clears throat> excuse me an organizer of rape of in indian women a slave trader a religious fanatic, and the personal director of a campaign for mass murder of defenseless people. 
Now let's touch on the religious fanatic part part real quick, because the way we were taught the Bible as Blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans was only a portion of our knowledge, meaning they forced us not to be able to read and write, and they reinterpreted our own history book to push white supremacy. I'm going to give you a quote from the scriptures in the book of Isaiah that touches on this point. It's Isaiah chapter 29 and verse, let's see, uh, verse 13. Wherefore, the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of man. What man came as a religious fanatic and told us that we are no longer the Israelites, that we are no longer God's chosen people, that we are no longer a holy set-apart people, but that we were Negroes, that we were Indians, that we were slaves, that we were Hispanics, that we were property of Spain, Hispanic, okay? What religious fanatic came and instructed us in the religious instruction of Catholicism? When you read the Bible, throughout the Bible, it describes the prophets as black, God as black. Christ himself is described as black. But then when you look at religion, religion has taught us white supremacy, that God is white, that uh, the angels are white, that Christ himself, the savior of the nation of Israel, was a Caucasian with with stringy blonde hair and pretty blue eyes. <laughs> We've been deceived. We've been lied to. We've been tricked. We've been bamboozled. And all this happened during slavery and colonization. I'm going to give you another text of scripture that proves this point. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 64, it's going to touch exactly on how we were uh, taken from our own land, scattered amongst the nations, and given the false religion of Christianity, a.k.a. Catholicism, okay, which is diverse with idolatry and worship of false gods mixed in to belief of the Bible. Not saying the Bible is off, but the religion is off. The scriptures are totally perfect. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 64, and it reads, and the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. So what race of people forced us to worship the wood of the cross. It was the so-called white man. 
what race of people forced us to worship the Kaaba stone? That was the Arab man within the trans-Saharan slave trade. Okay, a lot of times we focus on just the transatlantic slave trade, but we don't realize that we were scattered throughout the four corners of the earth. Particularly for this topic, we're going to focus just on Christopher Columbus, but hopefully in future episodes, we can talk about the trans-Saharan slave trade. All right. So now we're going to go back to reading the excerpt from this book. The U.S. imperialists love Columbus. They have named cities, counties, towns, rivers, colleges, parks, streets, and even the capital after him. And now they are organizing a global celebration. Yet, to the people, the facts are plain. Columbus was a thief. And in uh, Vader, a uh, organizer of rape of Indian women, a slave trader, a reactionary religious fanatic, and the personal director of a campaign for mass murder of defenseless people. Now let's focus on the part defenseless peoples. Go to Psalms chapter 59, verse 17. Psalms chapter 59. Verse 17, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. So the people of Israel, the children of Israel, do not defend themselves. God is our defense. And when we sinned against God, God caused us to become defenseless. God caused us to be persecuted because we rejected his laws. We rejected keeping his laws, statutes, and commandments. And what we did, we went off into idolatry and we started serving other gods. So God said, okay, well, if you don't want to serve me, you're going to serve your oppressor. Let's prove that point. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse Let's start at verse 28. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth at darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. And no man shall save thee. So when Christopher Columbus came over here, to the Americas, to the uh, area of Hispaniola. The Taino Indians, no one was able to save them, okay? When they enslaved the people that we now call Dominicans and Haitians, no man was able to save them from that oppression. For years, for centuries, they built up all the buildings. They, they, they worked on the fields. They built up a mass production of trade all through the world, the island of Hispaniola, if you look deep into its history, it was a global island, meaning sugarcane, rice, coffee, 
tobacco all came from this little island that we call Hispaniola now. The Dominicans and the Haitians were forced to work for the Spanish and the French under oppression. Okay, that goes back to what we read in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 50, verse 33, where it says, Judah and Israel would be oppressed together. Okay, so the northern kingdom of Israel, the Dominicans were oppressed, and the southern kingdom, the so-called Haitians, were oppressed. That's the, the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Simeon. Okay, so let's read a couple of more passages that explain how we were blinded by the religion of Catholicism. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 62 and verse 10. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 62 and verse 10. Psalm 62 and verse 10, and it reads, Trust not in oppression and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. So we as a people, instead of trusting in the most high God, we trusted in our oppressors. We trusted in our oppressors to try to deliver us from evil. But now to this day, it has not happened. We are still under the hand of oppression. Our people are still getting gunned down in the streets indiscriminately all throughout America all throughout South America, all throughout Europe, the Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are oppressed together. Now, let's find out why. Because a particular uh, question we have to ask, why is it that we face oppression? Why is it that we're going through these things as a nation of people? Why are we blind to the fact that not only are we oppressed, but we can't seem to figure out the cause nor the solution to the problem. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. All right, folks, colonialism was a curse. Slavery was a curse. Oppression was a curse because we did not follow the rules, regulations, commandments of the God of heaven. That's the reason why we are oppressed. Our ancestors forsook our God and we went off into idolatry and God gave us over to the enemy. Why are we so blind to it, though? That's the question we have to ask. Why are we blind to the current state of affairs? The answer can be found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 8 through 15. And it reads, The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. 
We are in desolate places as dead men. This is the same thing that that we read in Deuteronomy 28, verse 29, that we grope at noonday like the blind grope at darkness. We're reaching out for something to help us. We're reaching out blind. We're reaching towards democracy. We're reaching towards politics. We're reaching towards science. We're reaching towards education. We're reaching towards religion to try to save us. But none of these things will save us. The only Savior is Christ, the Black Messiah. I'm going to read on verse 11, and it states, We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. You see that? We look for judgment and justice in America. We look for salvation in America, but it's far from us. Examples, millions upon millions of people were killed during the so-called Trail of Tears. Prior to that, when Christopher Columbus came and killed millions of people under the auspices of manifest, quote, manifest destiny, And these lies have been perpetuated throughout the earth. And we look for justice and there is none. We look for reparations and there is none. We look for 40 acres and a doggone mule and there is none. It's far off from us. But this is the reason why. Verse 12. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us and as for our iniquities we know them in transgressing and lying against the lord and departing away from our god i gotta say it like the christian pastor from our god speaking oppression and revolt conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yes, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. So within our people... There was no justice because we mistreated one another back when we were in our own land. We robbed, we killed, we murdered, we persecuted our own people, our own prophets that came to speak to us and reveal the truth of God's word to us. Our people murdered, even Christ himself, our people rejected. That is why we went into slavery. That is why we had to come to our enemies and get oppressed by our enemies. Okay. I know this is heavy information, folks. I know it's not something that's light that we discuss, but I'm sharing this information in the hopes that it would awaken your mind to the truth that we as a nation of people, blacks, Hispanics, and native Americans, we have to change. How do we change? Acknowledge who we are. We are the Israelites of the Bible. You are not black. That's a color in a crayon box. You are not Hispanic, which is property of Spain. You are not Mexican. You are not Dominican. You are not Haitian. You are not Jamaican. You are not African. You are the 12 
tribes of Israel. I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. You're listening to The Forefront Radio. I am your host, Afia Levi, and we're going to tune out to some tunes. And I hope you tune in next time for a continuation of maybe part three of the episode that we're talking about, Christopher Columbus and the Israelite Holocaust, based on the book by John Henry Clark, Slavery and the Rise of European Capitalism. Shalom. We believe in the truth that is in the Bible, but we don't believe in the lies that the white man has put in the Bible. We believe in Allah's prophets and the scriptures they brought to the people. We believe in the resurrection of the dead, not in the physical resurrection, but in mental resurrection. We believe that the so-called Negroes are most in need of mental resurrection. Therefore, they will be resurrected first. We believe in the resurrection of the dead, but not when you're physically dead. When you stop breathing and your heart stops beating and that man stick you in the ground, that's all she wrote. You are not going anywhere. Your soul isn't going anywhere. Your body isn't going anywhere. Nothing is happening after that. When you're dead, you are done. That's it. You can forget it. Then if that's all that was about the resurrection, he says that our people are dead. Negroes are dead. Walking zombies. You're the one that the book is talking about who is dead. Dead to the knowledge of yourself. Dead to the knowledge of your own people. Dead to the knowledge of your own God. Dead to the knowledge of the devil. Why, you don't even know who the devil is. You think the devil is someone down inside the ground that's going to burn you after you're dead. Why, the devil is right here on top of this earth. He got blue eyes, blonde hair, white skin, and he's giving you hell every day. And you're still too dead to see it. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe that the 20 million black people in America in the last days will be taught the truth. The trumpet of truth will sound in your ear. And it's being sounded today, the trumpet of truth. And this truth strikes your ear and strikes your heart. It'll open your eyes. It'll open your ears. It'll make you stand up. It'll do the same thing for you that truth did for the dry bones in the valley. Because the picture of dry bones in the valley is talking about you. The picture of Lazarus laying dead four days is talking about you. You are Lazarus. You are the dry bones. You are the prodigal son. You are the lost sheep. You are the people about whom the Bible is speaking who will stand up in the last day when the trumpet is sounded. Black people are waking up. Black people are standing up. Black people are rising up and they're throwing fight into that knee-shaking white man. We believe we are the people of God's choice. That's what we believe. We believe we're the chosen people. We don't believe Jews are the chosen people. We don't believe Jews are the ones going to the promised land. We don't think Jews are a part of God. No, Jews are nothing but another part of that same race of devils that come out of Europe. They didn't even come out of the Holy Land. They come out of the caves of Europe. A Jew, a Frenchman, an Irishman, a Dan, all of them the same thing. A race of devils. They got different kinds. Germans, Irish, all of them the same thing. Just like you got a German Shepherd, an Irish Setter, a French Poodle, a Chihuahua, but they all dogs.
America. The, the uh, uh, judgment will take place in America. The separation will take place in America. And the destruction will take place in America. Doom will take place in America. Doomsday will take place right here. This is the place the Bible is talking about. When the Bible mentions Babylon, it means America. When the Bible means, mentions Sodom and Gomorrah, that's America. When the Bible mentions Egypt, that's America. This is Rome. This is Babylon. This is that wicked kingdom that God is going to come and set fight to in the last day. And you're living in that day right now. And I'm glad. You know them regular guys. I do not like when you guys. I do not like when you guys. 